Live from the CCTV studio, Cambridge Vintage Mystery Players present the debut performance of the Radical Riveting Radio Revelations. For their previous cases, the Marshall Sisters have gone undercover in a vaudeville dancing act. Sugarfoots, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Worked in the chocolate tipping room of a candy factory. <laughs> and smashed music boxes looking for clues. In this latest case, it's 1929, and broadcast radio has come to Cambridge, bringing shocking truth, mysticism, and entertainment into every house. The Marshall sisters learn some disturbing facts about their suffragist heroines and try to solve this, a string of mysterious burglaries in the radical, riveting radio revelations. Act one, scene one. WCMB Radio Studios. Good afternoon, WCMB Radio, the first ever radio station in Cambridge. How may I help you? <laughs> yes, the auditions are today. Mm, hold on a moment, please, while I check with Mrs. Myers. Mrs. Myers, the person on the phone wants to know if you're auditioning Animal Acts. Animal Acts? On the radio? Tell them no, and especially no cat circuses. They give me the fan toys. What are the fan toys, Mrs. Myers? They're like the heebie-jeebies. Now, quiet down, everyone! I guess you're all here to audition for the entertainment of the future. Radio. When I finally figured out vaudeville was dead, I sold my theater to one of the movie companies so they could show their talkies. But people have to go out and pay good money to see a talkie while they can enjoy radio right in their own living rooms without paying a cent, which is why I started up this radio station. How are we, how are we, how are we gonna make some money? Keep your hair on! I got a foolproof plan to make money by signing on with this Cecil B. DeMille Jr. Cecil B. DeMille Jr.? Yes, the finest director of my generation and pioneer of the reality-based talkie. Mrs. Myers has given me full rights to film this momentous milestone for the big screen. That's right. Cecil here is going to film the auditions and all your shows so the world can see the dawn of broadcast radio. I tried to get Dorothy Asner, but she's filming Queen of the Bootleggers. And besides, the professor here is a lot cheaper. They call him the professor because he went to college. Well, I'm really? Come on, now let's get started with the auditions. You have two sentences to introduce your concept. Good morning and welcome to Society News, where you hear all about the doings of the important people in Cambridge. The Von Glutenhams will be leaving for their annual six-week European tour on Saturday, bringing their darling Edward <laughs> Jr. and Dorothy along. Oh, you're in next! Miss, I, I need more excitement from you to, to reel the audience in. Do you mind? my auditions, what I say goes. Okay, Miss Pris, you start tomorrow with Gabby Gossip. Gabby Gossip? This is a show about the cream of society. Cream of weed ever. Next! <laughs> 
Welcome to Cambridge Conversations, where we talk with interesting thinkers from Cambridge and beyond. My guest today is Florence Luscombe, Cambridge architect and suffragist. Okay, you start tomorrow with shocking secrets. Next! Shocking secrets? No, this show features interviews with great thinkers and speakers and, and activists. Next! Welcome to Voices from Beyond the Veil, where the spirits come through me to offer comfort to you. For further consultation, you can come to my office at 433 Mass Avenue, second floor. God! We need to add some spooky music in the background. Okay, madam. You start tomorrow with mystical moments. With and I want a cut of the money you get from the staff to come to your office. Really, really. Next! Detective Agency. Auntie May, it's the cat's meow to have you back in Cambridge again. Where'd you go on your latest lecture tour? I spent a lot of time in Chicago with amazing women, including Ida B. Wells Barnett, a journalist, anti-lynching advocate, and suffragist. She used to live in Memphis, Tennessee, but had to move to Chicago due to the death threats she received after writing about lynchings in her newspaper. Lynching? Death threats? I've seen a few articles in the Boston Guardian over the years about terrible lynchings in southern states, but I thought those had stopped. Sadly, that is not true. I've seen and learned so much on my lecture tours around the country, and a lot of it is terrible. When I first started working for women's and workers' rights, I thought only about white people like me. Traveling around the country and talking with activist colored women and men, including Miss Wells, taught me so much about the continuing violence toward and injustice to colored men and women that rarely gets covered in the newspaper. It's shocking to hear this, Auntie May. I, I wish we could do something. You can, my dear. Miss Wells is going to be lecturing in Cambridge and Boston this week, and I've invited her to be interviewed on your radio show tomorrow. Where's Alice? Well, she's still at the radio station. She got really interested in the technical work and is doing the engineering like Eunice Randall at WGI over at Tufts. We're going to share the interviewing on our show. I am excited to have a chance to interview Miss Wells. And where are those young scamps that used to work for you? Oh, the Massev Marauders? They quit school to work when they turned 16. We couldn't afford to employ them full time, so they got jobs at Massive Candy. They must enjoy being around all that candy all day. But it's hard work. At first, they got their pay dock for eating too much candy off the line. But I think they've settled down now. I miss them. Sometimes. <laughs> yes, things were always lively with them around. Are you working on any cases now? No, nothing big right now, but I'm sure something will come along soon. Act One, Scene Three, WCMB Radio Studios. Good morning and welcome to Gabby Gossip, <laughs> where we give you the latest news about the cream of Cambridge society. The de Frothinghams have just completed the remodeling of their beautiful home at 120 Appleton Street. 
including the installation of five crystal chandeliers. They will be hosting a celebration this Friday before departing for the summer to their gracious Newport cottage. Mrs. De Frothingham will be wearing an emerald green ball gown on Friday night to match the new emerald jewelry set given to her by her husband. <laughs> what a delightful couple! Cut! Cut! Excellent, Miss Plimpton. Just the right amount of glittering detail for our audience. <laughs> Good afternoon, Cambridge. This is Alice Marshall welcoming you to the first episode of <clears throat> Shocking Secrets. My guest today is Ida B. Wells Barnett, journalist, anti-lynching advocate, and suffragist from Chicago. Welcome to Cambridge, Miss Wells. And thank you, Miss Marshall. I understand that you are on a cross-country lecture tour to share your crusade for justice for colored people. Yes, I am. I've been a journalist since 1889, starting in Memphis, Tennessee. Living there, I witnessed the lynching of colored men by mobs of men, women, and children. When I wrote about this in my newspaper in Memphis, my office was burned down and I received death threats, so I, I moved to Chicago. That is so terrible. I've read a few articles about lynchings in the Boston Guardian, but I had no idea it was so widespread. Between 1889 and 1918, 3,224 people were lynched, 78% of them colored. And this outrage continues to this very day. Southern newspapers cover these horrific actions in a sensational manner that describe the brutal details, the alleged guilt of the subject as though it was fact, and justification for these killings. This is a systematic campaign to terrorize Negroes all across the South. Miss Wells, I, I don't know what to say. It is important for you to understand that for me, as for other colored women, we could never separate the goal of suffrage for women from suffrage for and stopping injustice towards colored men. I understand you were also involved in the women's suffrage movement and marched on Washington in 1913. It must have been wonderful and inspiring experiencing marching with Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony, and others. I arrived at the march with members of the Alpha Suffrage Club, which I founded in Chicago ready to march with the Illinois delegation. The leader of the delegation told us that we needed to march in the back, in the colored section. What? The suffrage march was segregated? Like much of our society, the women's suffrage movement was segregated, not just in the South, but in many of the Northern states. Two of the white women in the Illinois delegation tried to convince the chair to include members of our club, but she refused. So I waited on the sidelines until the Illinois delegation reached me and joined in with the two who supported me to march with them. That is so terrible. I never knew about this. I was saddened and angered when the women's suffrage movement split between those who supported just white women getting the vote, including Anthony and Sandon, and those of us who supported universal suffrage for all. There are so many colored suffragists from Cambridge and across the U.S. whose stories are not told. What can I do? Learn the truth. Share the truth. Think about all women and men when fighting for equality, not just those for what, like you. Support organizations like the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Learn about Josephine St. Pierre Ruffin and her daughter, Florida Ruffin Ridley who founded the first national newspaper for colored women, the Women's Era, 
just across the river in Boston. Learn about the work of Maria Baldwin and Gertrude Wright Morgan right here in Cambridge. Close up on Miss Wells and cut! Miss Wells, I am Dorothy Arzner, the greatest director of my generation, and I would like to make a talkie about you and your struggles for justice. <laughs> Two, scene one, Marshall Detective Agency, two weeks later. Seems like everybody and her sister's on the radio now. You shred it, we, it was amazing hearing you interview Mrs. Wells, but what terrible things we learned. It made me feel so hopeless and, and disappointed in our suffragist heroines. Too right. We admired them for all they did for women's suffrage, not ever realizing that they were only working for white women's suffrage and were actively excluding colored women. We were such fools. And then to find out about all the lynchings still happening all the time, I feel just hopeless about being able to do anything to help. Dorothy Arzner is making a talkie featuring Miss Wells, which will help to educate people about, is, about what is really happening. Mm -hmm. Also, we can learn, learn the, the truth, truth, share the truth, and work for equality for all. Come in. Uh, Mrs. Marshall, I'm sorry to bother you, but my brothers Pat and Billy said maybe you could help me. Well, come on in. We're in the business of helping people, and any sister of Pat and Billy is a sister of ours. I'm heading out to the radio station, but Alice can help with your case. Toodaloo. Take a load off and tell me your name and your problem. My name's Maggie, and I work as a maid for the Von Glutenhams on Brattle Street. It's a really good job, and I don't want to lose it. Now that Pat and Billy are working full-time and I have this job, we don't have to live in the Cambridge poorhouse anymore. I remember when we first met Pat and Billy. Your family was living in the poorhouse after your father died. I'm glad you were able to afford a place to live. But why are you afraid of losing your job? About a week ago, houses in the Von Glutenhams neighborhood started getting robbed. Mrs. Diamond Tiara and earrings were stolen, and I'm being blamed. Get a close-up on the tears, Danny. As usual, the rich are crushing the downtrodden poor. Cut! Dottie, what are you doing on my set? What are you doing in Cambridge? Did the rumors start up about uh, start up again in Hollywood? Your set? I am creating a talkie about the Marshall Sisters Detective Agency for my series on women in interesting professions. And I came back to Cambridge to do some more filming. And thanks to the rumors you spread, I did have to take a break from Hollywood for a few weeks. A talkie? I don't want anybody to know that I came here. I'll get fired for sure. I'm sure Miss Arzner will not use that film, Maggie. Right, Miss Arzner? I was a wonderful, touching moment of society's injustice to the poor, but I have to I knew cry. you would understand. I'm leaving too. Nobody wants to see a talkie about a poor girl who might end up in jail. Jail? Why don't you scram, Professor, and let me get back to talking with my client. So, Maggie, you said this started a week ago. <laughs> Two, scene two, Club Garden Speakeasy. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> 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 
terrible about Maggie being blamed for the robbery at her employer's house. I know. She said the robbery started a week ago, and people are blaming their maids all over the place. I wonder if Madame, whatever she's calling herself this week, was listening through the radiator downstairs from our offices in her salon. Remember, she and Mrs. Myers used to do that when they had that short-lived detective agency. I forgot about that. They spent most of their time arguing about whether the agency name was Psychic Vaudeville or Vaudeville Psychic. They did find out about some of our cases that way, though. So I wonder if Madame will feature poor Maggie's case on her next Mystic Moments radio broadcast. Sis, look over there. Isn't that prissy Priscilla Plimpton at the table with a man? Priscilla Plimpton in a speakeasy? Never. What would Daddy Mummy and her snooty sister say about that? <laughs> Remember how annoying they were in school when we interviewed them in the suffrage sabotage case? And how they were against women's, women's suffrage because it would take women out of their proper sphere of home and family. Well, she is definitely out of the proper sphere now because that is definitely her. She doesn't look like she's having much fun, though. Maybe she needs another cup of uh, tea to cheer her up. <sighs> and I just figured out why. She's sitting with that wet smack Cecil B. DeMille Jr., AKA the professor. He could ruin anyone's night. It looks like he's showing her papers. Or maybe photos. I hope they aren't of the French postcard variety. <laughs> oh my, what would the family say if they found out about something like that? Should we go over there and see what's going on? No, let's go over to Priscilla's house tomorrow. She's more likely to talk to us without that professor around. Okie dokie. Waiter, more tea over here, please. And get a wiggle on it. Mm -hmm. Act two, scene three, WCMB Radio Studios. Good afternoon. And welcome to Mystic Moments with Madame um, Mystica, uh, where we connect with spirits of loved ones who have uh, passed beyond the veil to consult me today. Just call 868-WCMB. Hello, you're speaking with Madame Mystica. Hello, am I on the radio? Yes, this is Madame Mystica. How can the spirits help you? I feel them coming through now. Granny, are you there? Yes, my dear. Granny is here to help you with your trouble. Oh, Granny, I'm so glad you're here. Terrible things are happening and I'm about to lose my job. Oh, you must come to Madame Salon. At 4438 Mass Avenue, 2nd floor, and for a small fee, I will come through her to advise you. Farewell for now, Maggie, my dear. It really is, Granny, because she knows my name. I will talk to you again at Madame Mystica's tonight, Granny. Scene one, Priscilla's house. Oh, you, Louise. Try not to get too excited about seeing me, Priscilla. And 
Since when did you start answering your own door? Oh, it's a maze afternoon off. I guess you'd better come in. To what do I owe the pleasure of your unexpected visit? It's about all these robberies that have been happening in your neighborhood since your Gabby Gossip radio show started. Oh, oh, what could my radio show possibly have to do with the robberies? You tell me. Shortly after your show started, with all kinds of details about jewels, chandeliers, and long trips, the robberies started as well. And I hear some people are blaming their maids. Oh, there you go again, blaming the rich for victimizing the poor, just the way you and your sister always did when we were at school together. Everyone knows that servants often have sticky fingers and can't resist stealing. <sighs> And what does Mr. DeMille have to do with this? Oh, what are you talking about? I barely know him. Oh, really? What about your little tete-a-tete -tete with him last night at the club garden? <laughs> the club what? <laughs> and what about the photos he was showing you? You didn't look too happy about those. Oh, all right, all right. I was there. Mm -hmm. Somehow the professor got photos of me at... <gasps> Suffragist rally on Boston Common, and he threatened to send them to my parents if I didn't provide detailed information on my radio show about valuable items and when the owners would be out of town. He was blackmailing you with suffrage rally photos? That's your shameful secret? Oh, you don't understand, Louise. My family was so against women's suffrage that I couldn't let them find out I supported it. I was so jealous in school when you and Alice would talk about the rallies you attended. So, I finally decided to sneak out to one myself. How did the professor get photos of you? It turns out that he knew a photographer from the Boston Globe who was taking photos at the rally and he somehow got a hold of them. And he used them to force you to provide enough detail in your show about wealthy people's possessions and travel so he could rob their houses? Yes. Well, thanks for filling me in, Priscilla. I'll see myself out. Votes for women. Votes for women! Act three, scene two, WCMB Radio Studios. Good afternoon and welcome to Shocking Secrets, the show where we interview interesting people from Cambridge and beyond. My guest today is Cecil B. DeMille, Jr., Hollywood Director. Welcome to WCMB, Mr. DeMille. Thank you, Miss Marshall. It's a pleasure to be here and to share with your listeners my groundbreaking work on directing reality-based talkies. Mr. DeMille, I imagine that in your work you have a lot of opportunities to learn people's secrets. Why, yes. I do learn quite a bit more about people than they plan to reveal. Including secrets that they would rather keep hidden, so that you can exploit them for your purposes. That's outrageous! How dare you accuse me of such a thing? Including blackmailing a radio show host to reveal details about wealthy residents so that you could rob their homes while they are out of town. Well, really, the very idea! Why would I, the finest director of my generation, need to resort to robbery? I... I think I can answer that, Professor. Dorothy, what are you doing here? I, the finest director of my generation, pioneer of the reality-based talkie, am here to film you admitting your guilt in the blackmail and robberies. You haven't been getting directing jobs for quite a while, have you? 
which is why you accepted Mrs. Meyer's job to make a talkie about her radio station on spec. All right, it's true. Ha! After the ongoing success of your talkies, Dorothy, I haven't been getting any directing work, even, even with my uncle's influence. I was so desperate for money that I was ready to go crawling home to put it. Portocello! Portocello! With my tail between my legs! And then Mrs. Myers contacted me to film her dawn of radio on spec. And when you got here and recognized one of the radio show hosts, you realized she could provide you with the details you needed to commit the robberies. Yes! It was genius! Those people have more diamonds, emeralds, and chandeliers than they know what to do with! And who would possibly suspect that the information was provided to me through a gossipy radio show? <laughs> it was your bad luck that Louise and I saw you with your blackmail victim at the club garden. Although we were already on the trail after one of the unfairly accused maids came to consult us because she was about to lose her job. Cut! Typical professor. Just thinking of yourself and not of the others who should be blamed for your crimes. Dorothy! You are filming this. <laughs> I've always wanted to be in front of the camera on the big screen. And that's it for today's show. Join us tomorrow when my guest will be Gladys Morgan Wright, longtime Cambridge advocate for suffrage for all. Hi, Alice. Great show. You and your sister really are talented detectives. Thanks, Priscilla. But why are you complimenting us? And why are you here at the station? I thought Gabby Gossip was only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I was mean to you and Louise before because I've been jealous of you since we were at school together. And my parents and sister thought you weren't suitable friends for me. What with going to women's suffrage rallies and talking about other radical ideas. I never knew that. I told the family last night that I support women's suffrage and I'm not going to do this silly Gabby Gossip show anymore or marry William de Frothingham. I've been secretly taking typing lessons and I'm going to set up a secretarial agency on the second floor of your building. There's kind of a woo-woo dame in the office next door, though. I sense that the spirits wish to communicate with you about your new venture, Miss Plimpton just stopped by my salon, and for a small fee, I can connect you with those who have passed beyond the veil and have messages for you. And I'll hire you to type my scripts. Wait, I thought reality talkies weren't scripted. I must be off now. I'm filming Miss Wells on her cross-country lecture tour. <laughs> Madam, don't forget that I get a commission on the sacks you book here at the radio station. <laughs>